What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, welcome to Confident AF. Welcome back. I am here with our first ever male guest. I'm so fucking excited. Uh, It is not Renee. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually have my friend here, Isaac, who is a detailer. He's an entrepreneur. He is married to Devin. If you guys don't know her episode, I think she is episode number nine, I believe. Yep, episode number nine. And so this is Devin's husband. They are both entrepreneurs. So we're going to talk all about not only just entrepreneurship, starting your business, but being in a relationship and you're both entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about all the things. So welcome, everybody. Welcome our first male guest. What up? What up? What up? Yes. We're so excited. So pumped. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac has been like begging me to be on the podcast for forever, but he's somebody that I already wanted on the podcast. So it's not like a weird thing, but he's been definitely wanting to come on. So tell, so why have you been wanting to come on? I've been wanting to kind of share my story um, just because it's almost a unique one to where, you know, you're, you, you want to tell people because there people are scared, you know, people are scared to open up their own business. People are scared to, take a jump, um, whatever it may be, you know, and um, if I could help at least one person make that jump or at least give them the courage or motivation to do it, then I mean, I'll, I'd, I feel good for it, you know? Hell yeah. Okay. So tell us what is your business? What is your business? Introduce so yourself. my business is I'm a mobile detailer. So pretty much, um, you know, wash cars, but also detail. Um, there's a big misconception with that because people think, oh, car wash, all he does is wash cars. But in reality, I mean, we look at more of the fine tuning, you know, other little aspects within the car, um, pretty much to make them look pretty much nice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I got my car detailed, mm-hmm. my mom got it detailed for me when she came to visit the first time. I had never got my car detailed. I had always just taken it through like a regular car wash and detailing is really a lot different so if you've ever got your car detailed you probably understand but um detailing is a lot different they clean like you clean inside you clean like the um the runners what do you call that like on the door like the door jam um pretty much like the door jams or or the the running boards Mm -hmm. you know um things that you don't the panels to clean yourself i feel like is what i thought of it as i was like oh shit i didn't even realize this was like disgusting i never cleaned it before (laughs) When you show those cars on Instagram where you're like, oh, shit, this car is fucking dirty as fuck. I'm like, that's my car. Yeah. <laughs> like, my car is so gross sometimes. Yeah. So um, you started your business how long ago? I started in, well, I started part time um, in April um, and then went full time the middle of actually the end of June, almost the start of July. Yeah. So pretty much been full time since July. So July. Well, Four months? Four months. Four months. So full four time. months full time. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And his wife obviously is already an entrepreneur. She so she started full time 
at the beginning of this year or the end of last year? Um, it was more the beginning of this year. Yeah. Um, she started school last year, so probably about yeah, pretty much a whole, almost a whole year now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like both of them being on their own income, fully doing that. So that's what we really want to talk about. I know you guys. Whenever you guys ask me about like Renee and I's relationship and how we're both dual entrepreneurs. And actually, it's interesting. A lot of the women that I've had on, a lot of them are dual entrepreneurs, but we never really touch on that subject. Really, the only other one is Amber. You guys will hear her podcast was the one before this as we kind of touch on dual entrepreneurship. But it's um, you can give your perspective, too. But you guys always ask me like how it's like having both of you both in the relationship as entrepreneurs um it's hard sometimes yeah yeah no for sure it's um it's definitely um it was a struggle at first um but you know within every day you you get stronger you know uh within your relationship and i think the main thing that me and devin have now is like okay we have each other's back no matter fucking what for sure whether it may be finances or anything to do with your business um, or literally like just day-to-day stuff, you know, um, she, she's my ride or die. So <laughs> it's, it makes it feel, it makes you feel so fucking powerful to the point where you're like, you know what, me and me and you or whoever your spouse may be um, can fucking conquer anything. So it's like a deeper connection, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. That's how I feel too. It's like, it's, you're connecting on like your normal stuff that you would connect in a relationship and then you're adding like your livelihood to it. Mm -hmm. So it's like you get a deeper connection, a better friendship, better communication. I feel like for sure. It's like definitely, I feel like our relationship has improved. It's gone through a lot, but it's definitely improved a lot since starting our own business. We've definitely got better communication and um, patience. I mean, a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, you actually uh, you you start to talk about things that actually mm, matter for sure. You know, um, not your typical. You know, let's say you work you know eight to five at a normal job, and you see each other, and you know after you get off, and the only thing you want to do is get on your phone, mm-hmm. like on your phone, disconnect, want to watch TV. You know, so you're totally disengaged from your relationship, whether you know what whatever job you may have. Um, but I mean, having the relationship that me and Devin have, now it's like we actually have a constructive, you know, conversation to where you know what what was your day like? What did you do? You know, and I told her, like I dealt with you know fucking pet hair today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it took me a fucking hour to clean out you know yeah pet hair, and just ideas that we can bounce off each other too. You know, that's a big one too. Um, just to where you're like, okay, like. Maybe I should do this. And then she's like, well, like, try it out first, you know, see what happens. Um, and I think having that mindset going forward, I think you, you start to notice changes within your relationship and then changes, you know, pretty much people outside your circle, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start noticing, you're like, damn, like, I didn't know, like, my life consisted of this before i started my business you know yeah so like you reflect back on how you used to be mm-hmm. just only going through the motions kind of right yeah yeah we're gonna get all into that too but let's kind of like uh before we dive into it let's do a weekly 
uh, Confidence Corner and um, Weekly Fave. So. Do you have something that made you feel confident this week? Um, or actually, should we do weekly fave first? Uh, my weekly fave is my pumpkin spice cold brew. <laughs> it's finally back. <laughs> I literally almost shot my white claw out of my nose. Oh my God. Really? I love that. I do love them. It's so funny because I just had somebody on and that was their fave too. Oh, really? Wow. I My nose is burning. <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah i always tell them and i'm like you know what You're i can't fucking wait till the shit goes back <laughs> and you know it's i used to work at a clinic so i used to go in like three four in the morning and that was like my go-to you know when come october i'm like all right like my first break comes like that's what i'm fucking getting <laughs> oh my god i'm so dead at that that's so funny that's good yeah that's a good one the pumpkin spice cold brew is fire yeah like it is really fire um my fave has to be working out early we were talking about this before we started recording but working out early in the morning and just like getting up a little bit earlier you guys know i get up fucking early as fuck but there's something about like working out already in the morning and then like getting the rest of your day done i like working out in the afternoon too because it kind of breaks up my day a little bit but working out early you're like okay i'm already done for the day i got my day to conquer and then you don't have that feeling of like, fuck, I got to work out at the end of the day or like I got to find time for this workout. When you're doing your own business, there's always more to do. So I feel like that's kind of the struggle I get caught up in. But yeah, something about like not having that hanging over that the the my head at the end of the day has been really helpful for me on the days that I don't have to leave the house. And I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of like I'm not dreading the workout, but I'm dreading putting the work away. Right. So that's been really helpful for me. That's So that's my weekly fave for this week. Nice. Yeah, working out in the morning is uh, key, you know, for I think just pretty much anyone in general. Um, get your day going. Yeah. And I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of look at it as, all right, I have to do this first because you don't know what the day is going to bring. Very true. You don't know what the day is going to bring. You're like, I could get 20 calls today or yeah. I could get five calls today. So I um, can't plan my workout at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, do you have a, something that made you feel confident this week? Neither, um, we were kind of both struggling with this. Yeah, it's, this this week was rough. Um, I actually, it was kind of one of those things where, like, I I had a fear since I started my business. I was like, I have a fear of, one, running out of supplies mm. at a job and running out of water. Because <laughs> you had to take a large water tank yeah. in your truck. Yeah, so okay. I have a tank in the truck. Um but for some reason, I was doing a Can-Am and a Razor this week, and it was, it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, it was out in Oak Hills, literally probably miles and miles of dirt roads, and I just happened to have to use more fucking water than I had to, and at the end of the day, I was like, shit, I'm, I'm doing the last detail, and I ran out of water, and I was like, fuck, like, I fucking ran out of water. But for some reason, like, that helped me be more confident in myself is like okay if you do run out of water like this is what you need to do in the future you yeah. need to one not use xyz so much right you know and just you know almost try to like adapt in a mm-hmm. way um so that kind of made me feel confident which is weird but it's adapt- a learning lesson yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah adapting to any sur- any situation pretty much it's yeah. rough out there <laughs> we always have to adapt i feel like that's a good I was usually I make the guests go first because it gives me kind of like 
point to reference or to bounce off of because that's very true. Like adapting is a huge part of entrepreneurship, right? Where you have to like, okay, like you said, you don't know if you're going to get 20 calls. You don't know if you're going to have to use so much water. Mm -hmm. How can you adapt to make it work? Something that made me feel confident this week too is like adapting to like, when is this person going to pay us? I feel like I've gotten in entrepreneurship, you it's unsure. It's totally yeah. different than a nine to five or, you know, a normal job where you're going to get paid every two mm-hmm. weeks. Like you don't know when your next job's going to be. Um, with our business, we do um, like a net 15 or a net 30 or um, a net 60 for some people. So getting people to pay us is probably one of our biggest hurdles. And so used to that used to be like my biggest stress is Mm -hmm. like are people going to pay us on time are we going to be able to pay this um are we going to be able to pay this bill by this time are they going to pay us on time they're going to give us a hassle or are they going to pay us early and then we need to allocate it right like all that was really stressful to me Mm -hmm. but this week it wasn't even though those things came up it really didn't feel that stressful to me i was Mm -hmm. like okay like like the work's gonna come the like letting go of control felt really good okay almost like okay i don't know when like we have these five bills that are going to be due but they're not due yet maybe someone will pay us early yeah i'm not sure but i'm gonna you know i do all i can do and reach out to them and ask them if they can pay and if they can cool and if they can't like Mm -hmm. that's that's all we can do something else may come up a cash job whatever um and letting releasing that control made me feel like, oh, fuck, I've come a long fucking way yeah. from feeling like anxious as fuck. Like in my body, I could feel anxiety, like checking the mail every fucking day, trying to find a check, like trying mm-hmm. to see if somebody's going to pay us, calling people multiple times like that anxiety didn't come over me this week. So that made me feel really good. Nice. Yeah, that's tight. Um, and another thing you said, too, is like letting go. Um Cause that's a, that's a big thing, you know, cause when you try to control everything at one time, then I feel like you're almost squeezing the life out of it oh, and for sure. you know, it, it goes everywhere, yeah. you know? So when you kind of always, when you let go and you kind of let almost the universe do its own fucking thing, mm-hmm. then it plays out better yeah, <laughs> than, it does. than how you planned it out. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck. Okay. I guess all I had yeah. to do was fucking release control right. and then everything's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a like amazing lesson that I feel like you never get it until you it happens mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Oh shit, okay. I just had to like stop." Right. And then the you know, like you said, the True. universe just takes yeah. over and you're good. Yeah. I yeah. was um I was actually struggling with that when I first started. I would try to be in control of my schedule, which I still am in control of, but I was almost wanting a certain amount of details per week. And I kind of just forgot about it. I was like, you know what? I don't really care anymore. I'm just going to work on the quality. Mm-hmm. The quality of work that I'm delivering, then that's that's what I'm going to focus on. And so, sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut good. you off, but that's interesting because when we're saying like releasing control, we're not saying like letting go of everything and saying just fuck it. Instead, you switch your mindset to focusing on something else, the quality. Right. Yep, yep. And... Switching the mindset, I think, uh, it's it's almost like, uh, you know, switching up your strategy in a way. Because um, one thing may not be working. Mm-hmm. So you almost focus all your energy on one other thing. And 
that other thing will fix itself, mm-hmm. you know, whether if it's your bookings or just any, anything could be, you know, in, in our industry, it's, let's say it's supplies, you know, supplies are going up. Yeah. Um, then you kind of worry about something else and then it, it things just work out on their own. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They really do. Like the less that you try to control, the easier it becomes. Like you said, you focused more on like, what can you control? Mm-hmm. The quality of my details, the quality mm-hmm. of my service. Mm-hmm like my customer service interaction, like right. I can control that. Okay. So I'm going to put more energy into that and boom, mm-hmm. it opens yeah. up for you. Grazel was saying that last week is like, um, focusing on, fuck, I lost it. What did she say? She said something like, oh, oh, we had a, I had to close one door to open, you know, 10 others. She lost a large paying client. And then she was talking about how, you know, at first she was like, fuck, I lost this like big, Mm -hmm. big client. But it ended up opening the door for me for multiple small clients to come in. And then I realized that I need to make a market like that market is there for Mm -hmm. me. So if she never lost that large client, she would have never seen that smaller market come in. So it was really interesting how she was like, yeah, I had to close that one door or let that door close Mm -hmm. on its own to open up you know 10 more yeah and and that's and that's true because you'll in the back of your mind you'll be like look i know i probably lost this customer or i lost this client um and then you'll kind of beat yourself up for Mm -hmm. it you know and then you're like fuck you go to sleep thinking about it Mm -hmm. you're like dude like that's i could have done x y and z mm -hmm. but i mean at the end of the day other things will open up they will they always do they always do yeah Let's talk about your, like you mentioned earlier, your friendships changing, like your mindset changing, and then how that affected not only your friendships, but more like the people around you and seeing like, okay, I'm, I'm moving a little bit differently. Yeah. So, uh, that actually started when Devin opened a promo business. Yeah. Um, she talked about this a little bit too mm-hmm. on the podcast. And just to kind of recap, you know, what, what she went through, um, she thought she was going to get a whole bunch of support, you know, from yeah. all her friends. You know, everyone's going to support me. Everyone's going to be for me. And she's seen, like, the total opposite, you know, complete 180. And I think, like, what had happened with her, I think it was it was such a drastic change to where she she became stronger. You know, she was like, you know what? Fuck them. I'm going to do me. So I think with her going through that process first, it helped me understand like, okay, not everyone's going to be for you. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be one, be negative towards you and almost be looking in a way like, what is this guy doing? You know? So I think with her doing it first, um, it helped me almost prepare myself and doing that. I mean, just preparing myself was, was key, you know? And right away I, I prepare myself from when she did it. So I kind of, it was, it was like a three, four month thing. So I knew what I was going to do and I didn't tell anyone. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking tell anyone because I know what's going to happen. So as soon as I got the idea, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is a plan. And I think I almost went dark in a way to where you're like, all right, no one else fucking matters. Just me and Devin. That's it. And the changes you see around you 
are are literally black and white because you'll be hanging out with this crowd for you know the amount of time you're doing the things before mm-hmm. and then once you start your your journey doing your entrepreneurship or whatever it may be um people just kind of look at you different you know and you're like huh like and the saying is true is like you want to know who your friends are open up your own business yeah and you'll fucking see it <laughs> so to me that was uh i expected it you know i, I expected the naysayers i expected people talking shit um and it almost motivated me more so and it's like this famous quote that that david goggins says you know don't he's like torture him with success because that's how i looked at it every day i was like you know what i'm gonna the best thing i can do for myself is to be the best version of me and to be successful so and that's how it kind of looked you know every day like just Every day is different because you're like, you know what? Today I'm going to do this, this, and this. But it's like, you know, just be successful every day. That's it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting how your circle kind of shifts or the way that it's almost that your circle doesn't shift, but you start viewing things a little bit differently. And like you said, I think what you were touching on is like maybe you can't go to a party or maybe you need to stay in because, and everybody else is going out and, you know, um, especially when you're young and you start your business and a lot of your friends around you are working nine to five, then, you know, they're living to go out on the weekends mm-hmm. or when they're not at their job. But as an entrepreneur, your job is 24 yeah. seven. So your goal is not, I'm going to do my work and then leave. Mm-hmm. Your goal is I'm going to do my work. Then I'm going to reflect on it then I'm going to think about how I'm going to get more work tomorrow. So even though you're not technically working Mm 24-7, like our mind is working 24-7. So sometimes you don't, you're not even in the mental space Mm -hmm. to want to go out and like celebrate. Those things don't mean anything to you anymore. And so sometimes when you're not, when you're at, like this happened to us a lot too, is like when you would be out or, you know, with everybody, people would be like almost in this like, joyous like weird energy that I'm like I'm not feeling like that I'm feeling like okay I'm ready to like I'm what excites me is not this Mm -hmm. what excites me is getting up the next day and thinking about what the fuck else am I gonna do for my business who's gonna pay me like where am I gonna get my next job from um what am I gonna post on Instagram to fucking inspire somebody tomorrow like that's what's more and more exciting to me now so it's almost like a normal relationship where your interests changed. And I think this can happen too with like fitness journeys. This can happen when you start going into like, you know, a different, when you start your hobby changes, anything like that, where something else starts exciting you versus what's, what has excited you before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes, um, I think when you, I always say this famous quote, and this is what, um, prompted Lauren and I, which I think is two episodes before this episode, um, Lauren and I talking is that like, she was saying that people were telling her like, be humble when she started her YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And that phrase really triggered her. And something that I always think about is like, I heard this quote that's like, people want you to win until you start doing better than them. And this Uh isn't to be like negative. Um, but People do want to see you win and people will always like, um, I think Megan Thee Stallion says this in her song too, like 
people will like cheer you on when you're like nobody right and Mm -hmm. they'll be like oh yeah like you know yeah start your youtube channel like yeah start your fucking instagram like doing your thing and then once you start fucking actually succeeding people like don't like it as much Mm -hmm. because maybe for some reason you're triggering it in them or for some reason you're surpassing them in a way Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be whatever is happening within themselves they're going to reflect on you Mm -hmm. and if we can remember that aspect of like okay this is just a reflection this isn't me then you can really push past it so what happened whenever that started to happen to you in this situation i know you said you prepared for it but how did you mentally kind of like you said it made you feel almost like you wanted to push forward what yeah. made you feel like that say that again what made you feel like you want to push forward instead of feeling like oh fuck like kind of sad about it versus versus saying like okay well fuck this i, w- I want to be better i want to push past i think the fact that the way i grew up um never had much you know um i actually grew up here in long beach you know um lbc yep and we didn't move up to the high desert till i was like maybe 13 14 and when we moved up to the high desert my dad bought a house and at 14 years old was the first time i had my own room and i think from just the start of my life i think i was always on the bottom so and I always found a way to almost make it to the top, whether if it was with sports, um, education, um, anything with school. Um, you always you always find a way to make it, you know. And I just looked at it as, okay, this is just another obstacle I got to get through, you know. And it was almost the hardest obstacle I've ever been through, just in general, you know. Um, whether if it's physical, uh, mental. Um, it was, uh, it, it helped me drive myself even more because I was like, you know what? I've been through X, Y, Z. So this, this ain't going to be shit. So you just look at it as, as motivation and you're like, dude, like I'm going to push through like all these people that were in my life don't mean a damn thing. You know, They, they really don't. The only person, the only person that really means the damn thing is Devin and my family. That's it. My mom, my Facts. dad. Yeah. So. It, that's, a, that's a fucking big one. <laughs> Dude, Renee, <Yeah. laughs> I remember the first time that I have to touch on this because yeah. I wasn't somebody who, I was somebody who's really unconfident. You guys know as a growing up, I always talk about this. I was really unconfident. I have a lot of friends. Um, so friends to me were somebody who I thought like, oh my God, I need to keep them around. I need to please them. But I remember Renee got in this fight with a friend one time and it was a friend that we were like friends with here in Long Beach. And so it's a new friend, a few years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got in this, um, this friend tried to basically like come at him and he didn't respond. And I said like, aren't you going to respond? Like you guys want to work it out? And he was like, no. And I said, I was like so confused at the time. I mean, the guy was totally out of line, but I thought like Renee would say something. And he said like, he's not my homie. He's not my fucking homie. Like he's my friend, but he's not my fucking homie. Like if it was somebody, my homie, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody I fucking grew up with, somebody that's like someone I fucking care about, Pops, Dusty, 
I realized at that point, Renee's circle was very, very small. Mm -hmm. And I realized that his people that he really like, like you said, the people that really matter to him are very few and far between. Mm -hmm. And that might sound negative, but I think that's actually a really positive thing because Mm -hmm. the opinions or the influences of people who are outside that circle for him don't matter. Like you said, these people like... Yes, I'm acquaintances with them. Yes, I'll go to their child's birthday party, Mm -hmm. maybe. I'm like, maybe. I don't really like doing that. (laughs) Like, maybe I'll do that. You know, I'm going to hang out with them. It's cool. We'll have a beer. That's chill. Mm -hmm. But the people that really fucking matter to me, they're very few and far between. Mm -hmm. And those are people who I really fucking know, who I really fucking trust. That's what I got from that, from that, from Mm -hmm. Renee is like, yeah, he's a friend, but he's not a homie Mm -hmm. like he's not a ride or die he's not somebody that i fucking known for 15 20 30 years who's i know is their good intentions so it's like um for everybody listening i'm thinking what's really coming from this conversation is like if you can look at your circle and see who is actually like down for you who is actually supporting you who is your actual fucking homie like who's actually in that circle and it doesn't mean time because mm-hmm. i have my girls in my circle who you know have few people that i'm very close to in that circle those are the people who i know they have my best intentions at heart if they show me like a wrong move sometimes maybe i'll for you know we may be able to like hash it out mm-hmm. but those are the people who i know are down for me and those are very few but i have a lot of people in my circle but i only know the few that really matter to me yeah 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 and um i actually got that from um from my brother you know and and he would say that a lot growing up he's like no one knows fucking matters mm-hmm. you know and through high school it was just me and him you yeah. know like that he i mean he's still my best friend now he's in, in the military he's always gone but he's i just remember that all the time and it was always me and him you know and just rolling together and we would always prove people wrong, you know, whether it was with sports or with anything. I mean, anyone would, would come at us. We're like, all right, dude, like, what's up? Let's yeah. fu- let's fucking yeah. go, you know? <laughs> so um, I guess to kind of, you know, conclude on what you asked is I just look at everything as a challenge, you know? And, and if, if I can't, if it breaks me, that means I'm going to get back up and, and I'm going to fight. And you're going to try something else. Right. Yeah. So whether if it knocks me out or puts me down, I'm just going to stand back up and do it again, you know? So um, that's a high level of confidence. Yeah. It And that's the one thing, Devin, I think there's a big like level between me and her because I try to get her on my level a lot of the time. She's like, I'm not like that. And then. So I, so I, I initially tell her, I'm like, no, you're with me. So that just means you're, you know, like you're on my level already, you know? Yeah. So she's like, yeah, but it's, it's so tough to get there sometimes. I'm like, you just, you know, it's, it's almost the fact where like, if you don't know how to do something, like fake it till you make it. <laughs> well, you it's know? just like you were saying, kind of like you just decide. Right. Like I was talking to her earlier about boundaries Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this. um, I was talking about this with my two friends, um, Ray and Selena and about boundaries and putting boundaries Mm -hmm. up with people. And that's kind of what you're saying is like, you just fucking decide that you're Mm going to do it. Like with the boundary, 
I had to put a boundary up with um, family members. That's just a boundary. I just had to put it there. Yeah. And that's all it took, really, is just to put the boundary there and and keep that boundary. Yeah. And that's it. And so it's like kind of like that is what you're saying is like you just fucking decide mm-hmm. that you're going to do it. It is hard. Um, and it is difficult to keep that boundary sometimes. And it is difficult to decide right. that you're going to be confident or that you're going to get back up every single time. Yeah. But I think who the fuck was saying this? I think it was um, Bradley that was saying the words that we say out loud affect what we do. Mm-hmm. So if I keep saying, fuck, entrepreneurship is so fucking hard. Entrepreneurship is hard, dude. Yeah. Getting customers is fucking hard. Yeah. It's going to be fucking hard if you say it. Mm-hmm. So if I just decide, the power of our mind is so fucking incredible. Like we could just say, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get fucking customers. You know how easy it is to get customers on Instagram? Yeah. It's fucking cake, dude. Once you start saying it out loud and you fucking believe it and you start saying mm-hmm. it, it's going to come. Yeah. It's like the power of what we speak out loud is so powerful. So mm-hmm. if you just decide that, hey, whatever fucking happens, we're going to fucking make it through. When Renee's down, that's always what I say. And it's funny because we were just, Renee and I were just talking about this, how our roles have really switched. Um, for fucking, I think I've said this on a podcast previously, but previously for the first like fucking six seven years of our relationship Mm -hmm. i was so dependent on renee to pick me up Mm -hmm. i would be down he would have to pick me up i would be like not believing in myself he would have to pick me up Mm -hmm. and then it kind of switched to where i feel like i grew so much in the last year that i was like fuck okay now it's my turn Mm -hmm. to pick him up and so when he's down when he's feeling like okay, this isn't going to happen, that's not going to happen, or, you know, this job's not going to come out of this, whatever. I'm there to be like, no, dude, it's going to fucking come. And mm-hmm. we just switch our mindset to saying, instead of saying, like, I don't think I can do this, I don't think I can do that, yeah, we fucking can. Yeah. You can do it. It just is a matter of, what's that quote? Um, if you think you lost, it, whether you think you win or won or you lost, you are, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like either way, right, you're right yeah. because you decide in your mm-hmm. mind whether you win or you lose. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a cool thing that you say that too because I remember not feeling so confident, you know, through a point of this, and Devin's like, "Dude, like, it's it's fucking hard, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, like it is," and the amount of support I got from her is like, she's like, "Just don't stop, just keep going, just keep going." And I'm like, dude, like that, that alone, you know, is, is, is big because I usually get the confidence just from within me. And I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's go to the gym. Let's start off the day you know, on a good note. And I think the amount of support and the amount of energy that I get from Devin now is like, is almost to the point where you're like, uh, if your spouse can back you up like that, you feel unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You know, and vice versa, you know, when when she had opened up her business and I was working full time yeah. to keep everything afloat, um, you know, I would tell her, don't stop, don't stop. Like, you, you see me like I'm tired. I'm working four or five twelves a week. I was like, don't fucking stop. I was like, just promise me you won't stop. She's like, cool. Like, so I think just the amount of support you get from each other and the amount of energy that just keeps bouncing off is um 
is it's literally like i mean i keep saying it but it's it's unstoppable you know you can you can literally bulldoze through anything so how is that transition between like you having the full-time job and supporting everything mm-hmm. versus like now being totally on your own what was it like for you to go from basically have like having everything on your shoulders right mm-hmm. having you guys supported basically on you versus now you guys are kind of like sharing it back and forth how is that she's the one that pushed me to go full-time and um almost quit my job she was finally at her point in her business where she's like you know what i got it going i'm good and i was like all right cool like i'm still going part-time i'm still juggling both jobs and she's like dude like you're you're tired like you're fucking tired you're doing three twelves at the clinic and you're doing you know to like five six details a week and it was like midsummer so i was like dude it's hot like i can't i can't be doing both you know and she's the one that pushed me she was like dude just just quit we'll figure it out and i think until you open up your schedule and you open up literally the floodgates mm-hmm. then i think you'll see your reward and and sure as hell as soon as i did that it, it fuck if it happened and i was like dude like and it was the scariest thing i've ever done i'm like now i'm not relying on an employer you know to pay me yeah i'm literally relying on my own two damn hands to to pay you know to feed myself and yeah. my and my family and my household so um i think Devin was big on that she was like you know just just fucking do it just do it just jump and don't look back so that that helped a lot i feel like that is like the biggest thing is like just jumping a lot Mm -hmm. of times yeah you have to have a plan you have to kind of like do the half and half thing Mm -hmm. for a little bit which is what we did too but i think i always say this too is like the reason we succeeded is because we fucking had to Mm -hmm. we didn't have a backup option yep we didn't Mm -hmm. have a backup of an employer right we were just like okay we're gonna fucking do this we had no the fucking idea what we were doing but we had to fucking do it Mm -hmm. there's no backup like we're doing this and we adjusted and moved like you said on the way and we Mm -hmm. just fucking like made it work somehow we made it work Mm -hmm. like as a human race i feel like we always find a way to survive right Mm -hmm. that's like instinctual you find a way to survive whether it be you know hustling on the side or fucking you know uh cutting your expenses or whatever it may be renee and i moved to a smaller apartment Mm -hmm. for a while like we found a way to survive we're Mm -hmm. gonna survive yeah there's no time that we're like okay fuck we're gonna like we don't know what we're gonna fucking do Mm -hmm. yeah there's times where it's harder but we're humans like we underestimate ourselves so much that we think like we have to we have to have something else like a backup Mm -hmm. but we really don't like if i mean depending on i guess who you are but i feel like as a as a human Mm -hmm. you're gonna find a way to fucking survive a crackhead's gonna find a way to fucking get a crack rock right like we're gonna find a way to fucking pay (laughs) our rent we're gonna find a way to fucking eat we're gonna figure it out yeah yeah it's uh that yeah that's a good point um i and another thing i told Devin is this week i told her this week i was sitting there thinking i was like you know what I thought my life was hard going to work. I thought it was Fuck, hard going to right? work. <laughs> I thought it was hard going to work, waking up early, going to work for 12 hours at a time, you know, coming home, 
and just unwinding. I thought that was hard. And the hard the hard thing is literally going and opening up your own business, going against the current, going against mm-hmm. everything that may be in your way. Like that's the real hard thing. For you know? sure. And I look at people now and I hear them say like, Oh, my life's so hard. Oh, like I had a rough day at work and it's like no no you fucking did it <laughs> like you didn't like what did you do you you followed what your employer says right you followed the guidelines like you just happen to have you know a bad customer or whatever right. you know and and i just look at people and i'm like no that that's not hard like going and doing your own thing against everything in a universe is is fucking hard <laughs> Yeah, Renee and I always think back to like um, Dallas days where we both were working for somebody else or like even when we first moved to to California, we think about that and we always are like, damn, that was so fucking easy. It, we it thought really it was, was hard at the yeah. time, but it was so easy. We <laughs> always think about that. We're like, fuck, dude. We didn't have fucking dogs. We didn't have shit. Like, yep. Fuck. We were fucking so, it was so easy. And even at at that time, though, it yeah. felt hard. Yeah. Like, he was working a lot. He mm-hmm. was still working a lot. And he, like, I was working a lot. I was trying to do my YouTube. But, I mean, that was easy. The The day was planned out for you. There was, uh, you know, whatever mm-hmm. job you had, you know. Uh, I'm sure with Renee, he had his, his yeah. regular schedule. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was like, man, like. I gotta wake up early, you know, and, yeah. and you and you literally think in your mind, you're like, fuck, like, that's so hard, you know, but it, but it's a different type of hard now. Yeah. Like, it's a hard, but it's not because it's like, okay, I'm working for something greater. Yeah. Your, your purpose is greater. Your outcome is going to be mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. when you're working for somebody else or when you're working a job that you maybe don't like or mm-hmm. don't enjoy or aren't fulfilled by. Um, it can feel like just a means to an end mm-hmm. like it's just a means to a paycheck right versus True. like now it's like okay we're trying to build something way bigger mm-hmm. we're trying to build something so that you know our parents don't have to yeah. work or our you know we can provide a great life for our kids right like those are the uh drivers now yeah versus just surviving yeah let me let me ask you a question what was the mindset you had as far as like finances when you were working? Did you, did you feel capped in a way? You're like, I can only make X amount of money this year. And I guess like, how did, how did that, how did that make Hmm. you feel? Yeah. I felt like, okay, I'm going to tap back into like before I was with Renee. Okay. Because that definitely when we got together, I shifted a lot, but yeah, before I was with Renee, I, worked 40 hours mm-hmm. i had a actually really good paying job but i still was like capped and i always felt like fuck i don't know how i'm gonna like like yeah i knew how i was gonna pay my rent mm-hmm. and i knew how i was gonna pay my you know my credit cards mm-hmm. and all these things but i always felt like fuck i can't do really what i want if i do what mm-hmm. if i am gonna do what i want i have to sacrifice in other areas yeah versus now it's like, okay, yeah, I, I do sacrifice in other areas, but the other areas are like, I'm going to work harder or I'm going to like sacrifice. I don't know. It's just different. It's yeah. like, yeah, I did feel definitely capped. Mm-hmm. I felt I had a lot of stress regarding my money mentality has completely fucking changed. 
Um, not only from being an entrepreneur, but being with Renee, I definitely was like, I was so in the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never going to have enough. Yeah. I think that's from right. From yeah. Grew, it, it, up. Yeah. It's a trip, isn't it? Because yeah. now I look at it as, okay, like before my mindset was, I'm only going to make, you know, 75K this year, mm-hmm. you know, with overtime 90, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but you have that mindset and it's almost like you're deceiving yourself in a way because you're like, all right, I'm only capable of X amount for this right. year. And then now I'm like, dude, I, the sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, and there's weeks where I make, you know, up to almost there's over summer, it was like maybe two grand a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, that's the most I've made in a week ever, like working any job, yeah. you know? And you're like, dude, the, the sky's the limit because you're like, based on my, you know, what I can provide, like, I can make this much money. And it almost gives you a sense of hope. You're like, there is hope for me to get the house that I wanted. Right. There yeah. is hope for me to take my family um, on a vacation. Yeah. You know? And, you know, you're, once that mindset starts to change, you're like, I told Evan, I was like, it takes, let's say, $300 a day. So I'm working five days a week, $300 a day. And I can get there. You yeah. Know? And she's like, she's like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. And I'm like, dude, like I've never, that mindset has never been in my mind. It, it totally shifts your mm-hmm. um, perspective of money. Yeah. And how easily money can come mm-hmm. versus how hard it is for yeah. you to get it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, fuck. It's like, um, I was thinking when you were saying that, like, that's just a fucking beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a fucking beginning. Taking yeah. your family on a vacation and fucking, um, what was the other thing you said? Uh, getting a house. Getting a house. Yeah, getting a that's house. That's just a fucking yeah. beginning. Right. Renee and I always talk about this, too, is that, like, you were saying, I think you said something earlier about, like, I don't know what you said, but it reminded me of, like, our parents and how, maybe it's talking about people that you were with, um, that, like, if we continued at this rate, if we just stayed right here where mm-hmm. we are at this um, level of income, like we'd be fine for the mm-hmm. rest of our life. We'd be fine. We could figure out a way to make a child work. We can make two, three kids work. We mm-hmm. can figure it out, right? We could maybe move to the desert. Mm-hmm. We could fucking like, you know, we could make it work at this mm-hmm. income. But that isn't what we are thinking of. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of like much fucking bigger. But sometimes when we talk to like um, family members, a lot of times it will be like, I think Renee and I realized that maybe this is what they're thinking. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are doing great. You guys are doing good at what you're doing right now. Why not just stay there and make a family and do your thing and mm-hmm. just chill at that level? Why do you got to go bigger is probably maybe what they're, th- what they're thinking. And I'm thinking like, that's just a fucking beginning. Like, yeah. we want to be fucking like 10 times greater. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be fucking struggling to buy my kids fucking like a instrument that they want to play or fucking cleats for whatever, or have to like think about, I don't even want to fucking think mm-hmm. about that. I don't even want to think about like, mm-hmm. you want new cleats or you need new this or you need fucking whatever. I don't even want it to be a thought in my mind. Like that's my ultimate goal is like, I want to be to the point where I can really enjoy my kids. I can really enjoy our life together and enjoy that aspect mm-hmm. of like, it's chill but that's a different level and i think you know not a lot of people are thinking of that level especially Mm -hmm. like our parents the age that they're at like 
and my dad says this all the time now having grandchildren like i was just trying to fucking survive mm-hmm. he's like i realized like i wasn't really involved too much as a parent and he was really involved as a parent but mm-hmm. he's like i missed so much because i was just thinking about how to fucking survive yeah. i don't ever want to be at that like my money mentality is more like i want to reach above so that i can relax later yeah yeah but yeah. that's really actually i want to stop using that i always say that that's rare i want to stop using that because mm-hmm. it's not rare in anybody that i talk to mm-hmm. so i'm going to stop saying that yeah we I'm should like, say yeah. it's against the grain it's not if it's when mm. you know it's a good one yeah. yeah um but yeah the the thought of finances has has really shifted a lot within within me and Devin. Um, and that's the main thing that I think couples, married couples fight over. For sure. Is finances and, you know, who knows whatever. Yeah. <laughs> finances, yeah. I think, is like one of the major mm-hmm. ones that people get divorced yeah. over, break up over. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a downer, too, because you talk about how much you don't have, you know. Well, you know, you're at the store, you're like, well, I can't get that because I have X amount of money, mm-hmm. you know. And I think nowadays I tell myself, okay, cool. Like if I do want that, I know what it's going to take and I know what I have to do to get it. Yeah. You know, and sure as hell, it always happens. And I tell her like, just wait, you know, and then the next day I get a call for a detail and it's for, you know, 350. And I'm like, dude, there you go. Like that, that was like literally four hours of work. So I think my mind has expanded so much. Because the way I did grow up also, you know, and, and my dad, my dad's a trucker, just like, you know, um, Renee and his family. But um, he he had an X amount that he made for the year. Mm. And that always like it always got me because I was like, you know what? I'm never going to reach to what I want to get um, because someone controlled my salary, you know. So now that I'm controlling my salary, I'm like, dude, like. If I work hard enough, like I'm gonna fucking get it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's I think that's the the main thing that that's kind of been like a mind blowing for me is like okay, like just money, you know. And I think it comes and then it goes, comes and it goes. <laughs> Dude, that's the biggest thing that I learned from Renee. Like literally within maybe the first like month or two that we put our salary or our money mm-hmm. a little bit more together so when we first got together um i moved into renee's apartment mm-hmm. and so he was like i got all the bills like for the apartment everything that i already been paying like i'm gonna mm-hmm. keep paying that you just pay just maybe pay like the electric or the cable or something uh-huh. like that is all he wanted me to pay um and still because i was so bad with money at the time mm-hmm. i still would be broke mm-hmm. And he was like, dude, money, like I would be stressing about whatever the fuck. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Money comes and goes. Yeah. It's not the end all be all. Yeah. It comes and it goes. Yeah. So we can spend money on whatever the fuck we want. Because I would be stressing about random shit. Mm-hmm. Like I would be, I'm so different now, but like I would be at the liquor store, maybe like looking at two different bottles and like I would buy the less expensive one. Now yep. I would be like, which one do I like more? Yeah. And then I'll buy it, yeah. whether it's expensive or not. I'll buy the one I like more mm-hmm. because that's what I value now. But before I put so much value and so much emphasis on money, mm-hmm. I was really limiting myself. Yeah. 
it's really fucking crazy, but I see it now in like my family or um, like people I'm around when they say like, oh shit, that's like 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but I like you're looking at the dollar, but I'm looking at the value. Mm -hmm. Like the value is so much greater than what you see. But it's like money comes and goes. Yeah. Money will always be there. I think um, some, I can't remember who says this, but the quote is like, I'm always going to be able to hustle. Yeah. I'm always going to be able to hustle another fucking dollar up. Yeah. So if I lose, you know, if I go to the casino and I lose three grand, like I'm going to be able to hustle that up yeah. again. You know what it's going to take to get it back. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing that kind of trips you out too about being an entrepreneur in the opposite sense is like you value money in a different way too mm-hmm. where you're like oh shit okay i know like for us i always think of like in terms of bins mm-hmm. i'm like okay well this like this is gonna be a thousand dollars i know yeah. that's gonna be x amount of work that we're gonna mm-hmm. need to do for a customer yeah yeah that's um m- money's uh it, i mean it, it, it's really the root of all evil in a way because it can it can bring you down you know and and say you know what you you're not worth shit Mm-hmm. And I think people really see that as like, okay, I make seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, so they automatically put themselves in a category in a bracket. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and it's like, okay, I'm I'm worth this much, and you're like, I can never afford that, so you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, I don't go to this place, right? I don't go to yep. that place, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't go to, to vacation here, yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't go and spend this much on a weekend, yeah. so yeah, that's uh, um, yeah, that's true. I know. Um, and you know, De- Devin is is a saver, she won't go out and spend it, you know, she'll, she'll try to hold on to it. And and lately, I've been telling her, just fucking just, just spend it if you have to, like, just do it because I'm gonna get it back. I was like, so, and she's little, little by little, she's been transitioning into that mindset. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking worry about money no more. And I told her like, fuck, thank, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Because it it's, that's the last thing we should be fighting about, you know? And, yeah. and it's like, I don't want to fight about that no more. The last thing I want to fight about is like, you know, what you want to eat for dinner, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know. Other other stuff that that actually matters, so yeah, the topic of finances is uh is key it's within trippy. couples, you know. Yeah, and, it is. It's really yeah. it's really in uh essential for couples for mm-hmm. sure. But um, I feel like it's like it is the biggest mm-hmm. thing that people fight about yeah. for sure, and it's like it's it's essential because our economy runs on that. You right. know, we're we have to pay for things every single yeah. day. Um, but I was thinking about something that I heard on a Joe Rogan podcast is like society almost like programs us right to be. Yes, I, I know. I've, I've heard that before. It, it programs us to be dependent. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, you put yourself in this box, you go to work, you do this thing, you're programmed into feeling this specific way by the classification because of how much money you make. Right. But it shouldn't really feel like that. It shouldn't because, like you said, money comes and goes. Mm -hmm. It's just an exchange that we have. Mm -hmm. So we should be able to exchange a lot of different things for money, time, effort, um, insight, education, 
we should be able to exchange all those things for money, but we limit ourselves to time Mm -hmm. basically as a, you know, work. Um, And so it's like, it's trippy when you really think about it and you like put it all meta Mm -hmm. is like, we don't have to limit ourselves to those capacities. Mm -hmm. And once you let go of that, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're fucking unstoppable. Like you were saying, you could be unstoppable. Yeah. Like, Unfucking stoppable because mm-hmm. money really is just so small yeah. when we really think about it. Yeah. Has um has finances ever been like a big topic on your podcast or no? No, really? not really. No. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Is like, no, I don't think anybody's yeah. really talked about No, not at all. I guess I guess probably because we're both married mm-hmm. and you know, it's um it's a team thing, you yeah. know. So you kind of look at it as like, all right, we can do this, you know? And um, yeah, that's... That's really rare too, I feel like, is um, I started to realize that too, is like being a team in a marriage is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty rare. Yeah. Um, And I feel like with entrepreneurs, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that I know as entrepreneurs, their marriage is more of a team. Mm-hmm. But before I was married any relationship I have, it wasn't like that, like right. a team. Um, but I feel like that's rare. I started to realize that the more and more that I was around couples, I just mm-hmm. thought everybody was like Renee and I, where we're mm-hmm. like a team. We do everything together. We're just like fucking homies. You right. know, we do our shit together. I didn't realize that a lot of people aren't like that. No, no, they're not. And I think once you start seeing the difference and it makes you, value each other more for sure and you're like damn we we got it we got it fucking tight you know we got it good and you start hearing other people's problems and you're like and you almost like let it come in your mind and then you you almost need to block it you know Mm -hmm. you're like nah like i don't i don't need that negativity in my mind you know like so you just keep working on you and your partner you know and you're like it's it's us that's it you know yeah so i love that yeah. I feel like we never talked about finances on here. Yeah. So that should be a topic between the four of us. Yeah, yeah I know. On, on our podcast. I would love to see Renee's per- I, yeah. I almost wanted to do a podcast like all four of us, but I was like, okay. Because <laughs> Renee is like I feel like I have such a good perspective, but Renee has a totally different perspective and Devin's right. gonna have a different yeah. perspective too. Yeah. But I feel like we do need to get off. We we will have all four of us on yeah. the mic. I need to get two more mics on here, but we should have all four of us on the mic and like talking about mm-hmm. Because we went through, I'm sure you guys too, we went through a lot of different money journeys where we tried yeah. different shit, tried keeping our money separate uh, for a little bit, and like then we tried like integrating it sl- slightly. But then when we we added the business, mm-hmm. like it all fucking changed. Yeah. Like that totally changed everything because it was like, oh shit, okay. We have two businesses, and okay, we're, or we had one business, then we had two businesses. Now we're like, okay, we have to, mm-hmm. we have to be a team. There's no way we cannot yeah. be a team with this. Yeah, and um, it's it's like one of those things you you, you tell yourself you're like, no, am I better alone or am I better together? Right. You know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're like, all right, cool. Like, I'm gonna let's just combine. You know, because right. that's how me and Devin started off too. Um, we initially had separate bank accounts, and <laughs> she was like, let's just combine them because I don't like paying things. Like, she's like, you just pay them. I'll just give you the money and you pay them. I did that and- for a long time. <laughs> Too. Yeah. yeah and, and it I was, was like a, i'm not gonna deal with this yeah she was like i, I just don't like doing it i'm yeah. like cool like i'll take care of it you know and ever since then we just we just stuck to it you know and um 
the fact that we, I mean, I knew how much money she made. That didn't bother me, you know, but for talking to other couples, it would bother them. And I'm like, dude, like if you're really down for your girl or if you're down for your man, like you're going to take care of each other, you know, whether if someone makes $5 a day or a thousand dollars a day, like that shouldn't devalue someone, <laughs> you know, that's interesting that yeah. dudes would, that would bother them. It it does. It does. And well, I feel like I never thought about it that way. I've always thought about like women making more mm-hmm. than men and not bothering them. Yeah. I think the sense of they have to put up more. That's weak as fuck. <laughs> it it, it really is. It really is. Yeah. And I mean, if you really love someone, like you're going to take care of them, you know, whether if it's, you know, $5 or $1,000, you know, you're going to do whatever you got to do to take care of that person. So I guess I can see what you're saying. Like, yeah. I'm trying to reflect back and think of when I hear this, but thinking like uh, men complaining like, oh, she spends all this and mm-hmm. she spends that and she spends this and she doesn't even make shit. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's whack. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know what's funny <laughs> is I try to do this um prank. I was just telling this story about try to do this prank on Renee. I don't know if you remember. There was like a it was a few years ago mm-hmm. where you would like pretend like you're talking on your phone but you would be facing the camera towards your partner. oh yeah i think i remember you doing it yeah. Tim, yeah and i try to do this prank on renee where you would say like that you bought something that was like an astronaut yeah <laughs> renee didn't even react obviously <laughs> um and i was like what the fuck like i was said something like a thousand dollars for this and two thousand uh-huh. dollars for that or whatever he didn't even react he didn't yeah. even and he was on his phone so i thought like oh maybe he's not listening to me so i cut the camera and he's mm-hmm. like i'm like D- are you even listening yeah and he's like, yeah, I heard you. You're just stupid. Why would you spend that much? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? But people, everybody. So I finally posted it and I kind of explained what happened. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, dude, you're so fucking lucky. Like, you know, because people were posting these videos of their husband or significant other, like yeah. freaking out. And they're tripping out. Tripping out yeah. about how much they spent. Right. And Renee didn't have any reaction. And everyone was thinking like, oh, you're so lucky. But I was thinking like, as I started thinking about it, I'm like, it's really because he doesn't care what mm-hmm. I spend. If I was to spend, you know, whatever amount, yeah, we talk about mostly everything that we spend. But if I'm gonna spend, if I spend more than what he thinks, yeah, maybe he'd be like, yeah, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like yeah. that's a dumb decision. Yeah, but he wouldn't be like upset with me because of the money. He'd be mm-hmm. more like, dude, yeah, come that, on, like yeah. use your brain, right? Um, but more like, but not mad about the money aspect. So it's like. I can see now that what you're saying is like a lot of maybe it's like the control factor or like could be, you know, and every relationship's probably uh, different, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, there's probably some that take into a sense like, well, I want to go and do this, but I can't. Right. You know, because I got to put up, you know, this and that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a trip. Um, okay how long have you guys been married you have to tell everybody we have been married for eight years uh been together for 10 11 years maybe so you guys have been together a long time yeah we're we were both 21 when we got married yeah that's trippy 21 got married um and that i think even people were then were telling us like you're you're crazy you're fucking crazy like you haven't even lived. And I kept telling people, I was like, well, 
like I'm I'm living with my love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's, I am that, yeah. So I am living, you know. And it was just like some of the things I would hear from people. They're like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" Like, it's like, dude, like, just because you had a bad experience and you had a bad marriage, it doesn't mean that you know I'm gonna have one. Right. Like, so yeah, we had a lot of negativity towards us. Um, just because we got married young. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a battle also, you know, people were almost doubting us in a way and makes you feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. My sister got married at 20. Um, and I feel like it was the opposite. Everyone was like so excited and like, so fucking like gung ho. And Mm -hmm. I was the only one who was like, are you sure? Uh, Like, are you, are you sure? Like, but they didn't know each other very long, so maybe that's why. Oh, okay. Because you said you guys know knew each other like two years. We knew each other for about two years yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they knew each other a little bit less, like maybe less than a year. Yeah. So I was like, "Are you sure?" Like, yeah. you know. But I feel like everybody imposes their opinion because my sister and I talk about this as well. Like, yes, obviously her marriage like didn't work out, mm-hmm. and she had a lot of. Um, she came on the podcast and talked about it. So. Yeah, she had some issues in her marriage, and then um, now they're ultimately back together. But she always says, like, well, if it would have worked out, mm-hmm. right? If it would have worked out, everyone would have been, like, saying, like, oh, like, we got married at 21, and everyone was against us. You know, like, yeah. it, it really depends on the work that you do, mm-hmm. not on the age or yeah. how long you've been together or how much you know going into it. It depends on the work you do within right. marriage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. the first couple of years were um, they're pretty easy, you know, like it, nothing drastic Changed. happened. Yeah, yeah, nothing crazy. Um, but you know, people said, "Oh, you're in the honeymoon stage." Yeah, which we were, you yeah. know, and sure as hell, like I think within the fourth or fifth year, uh, shit got hard. Yeah, you know, and I remember telling myself, like, you know what, just talk to each other. Just do what you got to do. Just, you know, just just be each other. Yeah. You know, be with each other. And that was that was hard. So. And I think it's just going through all those things within a marriage that makes you stronger, you know. So when we both decided to open up our own business, it was it wasn't even it didn't even phase us. Yeah. You know? So it was like, dude, we've been through so much already, like. Let's let's just fucking team up and, and go at it, you know? I like that. Yeah. I always reflect back to when Renee and I are like going through it now. Mm-hmm. I'm always like telling him like, dude, look at all this shit we've been through. We've been through so much worse yeah. in our business. Right. Like, we've been through so much worse. Like, yeah. not being able to pay this or trying to figure out how we're going to... We don't even have a job lined up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, there's so much worse that we've been yeah. through that this is fucking cake. Mm-hmm. Like this is cake right. compared to us, compared to um, previous. Yeah, it's like you have to reflect back on those harder times. Um, Joe Rogan was talking about this on another podcast. I've been on like a Joe Rogan kick, so nice, yeah. I keep referencing it. But um, okay, if you guys have never watched Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz podcast together, do you know who that is? He's like the fat um, guy from Sopranos. I've seen the clip, but I- I've never listened to that oh. that episode. My God, I got yeah. so high and was just fucking. <laughs> rolling laughing which we were gonna do a high episode and then renee's like which i didn't even mention this to you but 
I sent Renee like our text or uh-huh. whatever, and he was like, "Do you think you're ready to be a high on a podcast?" And I was like, "I'm not. I, honestly, I'm not sure." <laughs> and he's like, "I think you should just focus on the podcast and just like not get high." Maybe my second one, you know? <laughs> Maybe we'll do like the second like hot box podcast. Yeah, dude, I just um, but yeah, I got high and fucking rolled to those podcasts. It's so fucking funny. But anyways, he referenced on one of the podcasts. Um, hold on, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Um. Oh, adversity. Was, yeah. Okay. So he was talking about his kids and how he didn't want his kids to be, his kids are privileged because mm-hmm. obviously they're rich, right? right? Like they have more wealth. And yeah. he's saying like, you have to put your kids through adversity to have them learn. And he was talking about sports. And that's something that Renee and I talk about a lot is like going, putting our kids in sports because yeah, we had adversity, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it may not have been through sports, we had adversity and maybe not having enough money to do certain things or like you said, not having your own room. <laughs> like you had adversities in your childhood that mm-hmm. made you who you are. Right. And put you through hard times yeah. so that you can reflect back on the hard times and think like, okay, this isn't shit. But if you never have those hard times, how can you reflect back? So he was just talking about that. Like even when you're, okay, so even when you're going through the hard times is what I'm trying to get at is that even when you're going through the hard times, I always find comfort in thinking, okay, this is a lesson. Mm-hmm. When this is happening, like this is a lesson for later. This is a lesson for preparing me for something so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Like this is something small. This is going to feel so small to me in another year. Yeah. Then I'm going to be thinking back like, oh, fuck. I was really stressing about that. Like, no, yeah. I don't need to stress about this. Yeah, and I think uh, it really shows who you are too at the end of the day. Um, whether if you just you know, power through it or, you know, you're like, you're, if you just let it beat you up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, adversities, that's, that's a big thing to have, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, cause you're like this and, and the first time it happens to you, you're like, fuck, like I'm fucked, you know? Yeah. And then second time it happens, you're like, all right, just another thing that's, you know, going to make me stronger, yeah. you know, or another lesson that I'm learning. Another hurdle. Um, yeah. So what was the first thing that happened to you? Like the first like week or something like that, that you were like, oh fuck, maybe I'm like, something is, these things are going to break me down or like some people aren't going to like. So I, I think what it was is, so I had actually detailed back in high school. I did it in high school pretty much just for extra money and um, neighbors, uh, close people that I knew. Right. Um, so I kind of already knew the game. I knew the system. I knew what I had to do. Um, I think the fact that I was older and I was like, I went from a job that was inside to mm. now working outside. And I decided to go full time in June and it was fucking hot. Like it was, it was up to like maybe 110 up there in the high desert. And I was like, dude, like, I'm like, it's fucking hot. Like I'm doing these cars and, and, and they heat really fucking got me and i'm like dude I'm like how the fuck are guys detailing out here like how the fuck are guys detailing and then at the end of the day i was like you know what i just, I just gotta push through it you know and I, mean, I think that's what it was it was it was probably one of the hottest summers up there in probably like the past 10 years and i tell them I'm like dude the, the fucking summer i decided to start up detailing yeah. like this fucking happens she's like Dude, you are so dark. <laughs> I still am. A- I know you are still dark. I thought about it today. Yeah. I'm like, damn, that was dark. Yeah. And and yeah, it beat me up. I think this the the sun fucked me up. And Did anybody like give you 
adversity for being like older or like anybody come at you for being like like anybody talk to you like down to you because actually of that? yes um there was this uh customer i had and he stated he was like i don't see how you're doing this you're so damn big and i was like well, what do you mean he's like yeah <laughs> like and, damn what the fuck yeah and i was like he's like yeah you need, he's like he's like you need, you need to lose maybe about 20 pounds and i was like dude i was like all right cool just something else to to add to you know to help me pump me up you know to help motivate me and I was like, "Did this motherfucker really say that?" I was like, "But he, yeah, he did." And I was like, "Dude, that's okay." Like, well, here are your keys. Your car's done. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> like, you're welcome. <laughs> Would you like to zell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, um, that's funny. So yeah, like... but um, yeah, that's the only statement I've ever got, kind of like that. Um, By the way, guys, Isaac is not overweight. Like. <laughs> People, we were talking about this too before the podcast started, like people telling you like how you need to work your business and how you, what you need to do. But people that never owned a business before or never their business. I keep seeing this quote and I'm wondering, I thought about this this morning. I'm like, I'm wondering if this quote, it keeps coming up or this sentence keeps mm-hmm. coming up because I need to hear it. I don't think I need to hear it, but maybe I do. Maybe the universe is just sending me a sign. It's like, why take advice from someone who's not in the place that you want to be? Yep. I keep hearing that, but the voice Renee's keeps Renee's voice keeps coming to me where everybody can provide you Mm -hmm. value. Everyone can provide you value. Everybody like for a while I was like thinking like maybe I need to be more strategic with the guests that I have on the podcast and Mm -hmm. really think about what the value they could provide to my listeners. And then I thought everybody can provide value. Anybody Mm -hmm. who's on here, somehow they're going to relate to their story. Mm -hmm. So when I thought about that, uh, that quote keeps coming up. I feel mm-hmm. like it keeps coming up in podcast interviews I listen to, Instagram, everything is like, why take advice from someone who's not in a position you would want to be in? But I started thinking like, that is really true because, you know, everyone, especially when you're starting, everyone wants to tell you what you should do and what you should not do mm-hmm. with your business. And everyone tells you their horror stories, right? Yeah. Like, of oh, I started this business and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Or they want to tell you, what you should or shouldn't do, or they have a new marketing idea for you and shit yeah. like that. <laughs> like they're like, oh, you know what you need to do? Right. You need to get on TikTok. I yeah. feel like everybody's fucking telling me that. But have people told you that too? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to the point where I, I got I got tired of that shit and I would I told myself I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take their advice. Most of the time it was customers. It was customers telling me this like, you know, what you really need to do is this. And I'm like okay you know and then i'm like you know what i'm just gonna listen to them i'm gonna take everything that they say in and whatever information that i need i'll you know right i'll put it in a certain file to where all right cool it's in my brain and i'll remember that um but the the people that i do take advice from are other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. you know i've actually reached out to a couple entrepreneurs up in the high desert and i'm i do their cars up in the high desert and i tell them Look, what did you do to take your business to the next level? Mm-hmm. And usually they, they give me their advice. And I'm like, dude, like, I really appreciate that. Because some people don't like, you know, telling other yeah. people their secrets, their strategies, stuff like that. So um, that's what I've kind of been doing. You know, at first it would it would really bug the shit out of me, you know. And after a point, I was like, you know what? It's, it's whatever, you know. 
yeah i'll just i'll just let them talk yeah (laughs) you know yeah so there's power in letting like other people just say their piece because really people just want to talk about themselves yeah tell you how they did it (laughs) and i I told that i was like maybe this guy don't you know they don't allow him to talk at the dinner table you know so he wants to tell me you know and and i'm a very patient person so i'm like cool like we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll chat it up you know but at the end of the day i'm like all right I'm only going to take in what's actually works for me. Right. You know, so that's a confidence too, is like having your own, um, like your own vision mm-hmm. and like, here's what there, here's the path that I want to follow. Not being like, um, defensive to outside mm-hmm. perspectives, Yeah. but then saying like, okay, well you have your outside perspective. That's great. And I'm going to take right. a little piece of that, but I still know the ultimate vision that mm-hmm. I'm going for and here's where it is. And not feeling like annoyed, mm-hmm. like you said, with those people yeah. is like so key. I used to get so annoyed too. I was like family members or somebody else telling me like exactly what I should do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. Yeah. But like you said, you could just let people talk. There's mm-hmm. so much power in that. Yeah. It's like just letting somebody just fucking yeah. ramble. They love doing that. That's yeah. what fucking <laughs> Renee is really good at that. It's like people used to they still do i guess we just don't go out as much but people would like we would go out to a club mm-hmm. go out to a bar and i'd be fucking just chilling you know whatever yeah. and he would be like off with somebody in the yeah. corner or like he would be buying our drink and somebody's fucking talking to him for like mm-hmm. forever and i'm like what the fuck did they talk to you about mm-hmm. he's like i don't know <laughs> i'm like what the fuck you were talking to him for like 45 minutes yeah. he's like yeah i just let him fucking talk yeah I don't really say much. And the people would come up to me. I'm not even joking you. People would come up to me and be like, he is amazing. Like dudes. <laughs> dudes would be like, he is amazing. He's so chill. Huh? He's yeah. so chill. He's a fucking great person. Yeah. Like all this stuff. And I'd be like, what the fuck did you even talk to him about? Dude, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't say anything. <laughs> they just talk about themselves. But people don't allow other yeah. people to speak mm-hmm. or talk about themselves. Yeah. So like you said, maybe like that guy that you're detailing for he like doesn't get to say that to his wife or yeah. kids at the dinner table so he wants to tell you yeah yeah and you know at the end of the day you're just like you want to be a nice person too you know yeah. you're like cool man thanks I, I really do appreciate that but you gotta you gotta do what's gonna work best for you for sure. you know and i've been listening to these two detailers online and that's what they say he's like you're gonna have people come at you you need to get a trailer. You need to get this equipment. You need to do that. It's like, no, like you got to do what works best for your business and what makes you money, you know? And that's in the end of the day, like that's all you got to do. Yeah. It's the same with like, even if you're not an entrepreneur, people tell you that all the time. Yeah. You need to buy a house. Why are you still renting? Mm -hmm. Like you need to do this. You need to do that. Why aren't you having kids yet? And it's like, you ultimately know what's best for you. Yeah. I can't even count the number of times yeah. people tell us, like, why haven't you bought a house yeah. yet? And we're like, well, we'd rather invest in our business. Yeah. But people don't understand. And it's okay. Like, yeah. I'll let them fucking tell me their way that they bought a house right. and this and that and the other. And that's okay. Yeah. Keep telling me. It's okay. I already know our vision. Yeah. I'm not against your perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. But I already mm-hmm. know what our vision is and mm-hmm. where our money's going to go. And I, I guess I didn't know I was doing this, but Devin would, I would do that to Devin when mm. she started her business. And that kind of like, I, I told her, I was like, lay her down on her. I was like, you know, I'm sorry for ever doing that. 
and then I was like, I won't tell you how to do your business. I won't tell you how to run it. Like that, that's your business, nice. you know? And as soon as I did that, I was like, fuck, like I was, I was one of those, I was one of those people, I was you one know, of those motherfuckers. my wife, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I just, just cause I cared, you know, yeah. I cared and I wanted her uh, to succeed and I wanted her, you know, to. And I think that's where a lot of people are coming from too. Yeah. Right. We see much like your outside perspective of somebody mm-hmm. else is totally different than their own perspective. So yeah. sometimes it is actually really constructive, right? Where the people are like, fuck, you would blow up on yeah. this platform or you would do so great at this. But that's not where the person is at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So they can't take it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they maybe they can take it, but they're not at the place to pursue that at the time. Yeah. So it's like, like you said, both people have to be open. So the person giving advice. OK, mm-hmm. yeah, they want to give it. They're only coming most of the time, I think, out mm-hmm. of either. There's probably two ways that they're coming. One, um, projection, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't do that and they see that you could do that. So they see a lot in you. Right. And then the second is like they want really want to help. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, you really want to help and you really are like, dude, do this. Yeah. Do that. And she's like, I'm not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah. And I felt bad. I really did. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm never going to do that ever again. Like, because now I have people coming at me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, dude, like I, I felt like crap. I was like. I'm sorry, babe. She's like, yeah, it's okay. Like, it's whatever. She just took it on the edge. Yeah. She's like, whatever. Yeah. I'm just doing, still doing my thing. Yeah. Talk to me about what it took to, like, I know you said you were working half and half, part-time, and then somewhat detailing on the side. So I know you t- talked about Devin kind of, like, giving you the confidence to mm-hmm. say, like, fuck it, just go for it. Yeah. But what was the ultimate push for you or was that the ultimate push um it was to go full-time and start doing it but to initially start detailing um was something different i actually so my sister-in-law she signed me up for a spartan race oh yeah. yeah yeah she signed me up for a spartan race and this was in march i think yeah, it feels like it wasn't even that long. Yeah, ago. yeah. <laughs> so I guess she was doing it with people at her work, people that she worked at, at her gym. And for some reason, everyone bailed. Everyone bailed. So it was just you too. So she called me. She's like, hey, bro, like you're, you're still doing it with me, right? And I'm like, fuck. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and in my mind, I'm like, ah, like I was looking at videos and I was like, you know, it's... It's not that bad, you know? And I was like, I'm an athlete, you know? I was an athlete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe 40 pounds ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, like, let, let's just fucking get this shit over with. It was a Sunday. It was in Big Bear. And I remember that week. That week was probably the shittiest week I've had at work um, ever in dialysis. And someone called off and they're like hey can you work uh an extra day and i was like yeah so i was working i literally worked four 12s that week in a row like it was wednesday thursday friday saturday and just everything went wrong that week so i was like cool like didn't even have time to stretch didn't have time to Shit. go run at least like a half a mile With something to yeah and yourself. at that yeah and at that time i was fuck I was working a lot, so I wasn't I wasn't in good shape at all. Like I was not active, and she's like, "Yeah, you're gonna do it, right, bro?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, oh, "I'll fucking do it." So Sunday comes, and Devin's like, 
are you all right, babe? Like, I'm like, no, like, I just, I'm just not feeling it. You know, I'm really not feeling it. And then she's like, we don't have to do it. I was like, no, like I have to do it. Like who I'm not, I'm not going to send your sister out there to do it by, by yourself, you know, yeah. cause what if she needs help, you know? So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to support her, you know, I'm going for her backup. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. So yeah, sure as hell, Sunday comes and I'm like, and at the time I was, I was having a lot of problems, health issues, um, stomach problems and just heartburn, fucking migraines. And it, it was all due to work. Mm-hmm. I was just stressed. stressed. I was just, you know, fuck my life. And I just, I'm literally working just to make sure we get through it, you know, while Devin's starting up her own business. And so I get up there and I'm like, fuck, like, got heartburn. I can't breathe up here. And I'm like, fuck, like, let's just go there, get over with, and, and we'll go home, have lunch, and then, you know, get ready for the work week. And then she's like, all right, good luck, babe. I'll see you in a couple hours, right? Like, yeah, maybe like an hour and a half. <laughs> And then, <laughs> yeah, so you can already see where this is going, right? And then, so we're at the, at the bottom of the, the hill, and I'm like, nothing has ever been, like, so scary to me, ever. And I'm like, okay, like, this is, this trail's not bad. Like, 20 obstacles, six miles. It was a 10K, so it was six miles. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, fuck, like, what was the last time I ran two miles? Oh, fuck, you like, got in your own head, huh? Yeah. And I was like, shit. And then, sure as hell, that fucking gun went off. Oh, and so I got high the night before, <laughs> and I was just blown the night before. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't, I don't want to do this, you know? So I was almost recovering from the night before, and I was like, I think I'd probably drink a couple beers, too. And I'm like, just totally came unprepared, like, unfit, ready for, ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> ready to die yeah the spartan race yeah so and she was pumped she was like fuck yeah bro let's fucking do this and in my mind i'm like dude like i'm not ready for this you know like i'm i'm not i'm just here just Just to be here i'm here just to be here and the gun went off and we started and we're going up the first fucking hill and the bottom of the mountain the only reason I know is because I used to work there. I used to work at the at the ski patrol as an EMT. So the bottom of the hill, I think it's like at, I think, 6,900 feet. And then the top is about 8,500. So you're on an incline for almost 1,200 mm-hmm. feet. And that's just the first mile. Like, you're just going uphill. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, so we go up a quarter mile. And I'm like, I'm like fuck me like I'm, I'm gonna fucking die today and then she's like you okay i'm like I'm cool like I'm not panicking i'm like all right let's let's just fucking keep going you know so we get to the first first hill at the very top an hour later and i'm like are you fucking kidding me like it took an hour to get to the first hill i was like the first mile i'm like fuck like so we go through like all these obstacles and then I'm like, you know what? Fuck these obstacles. I'm done. I was like, I'm done. You're going to quit? I, was, I wanted to quit. I was up there and I was like, dude, I, w- I, w- I want to fucking quit so bad. And she was like, I, to- I told Rachel, my, my sister, I'm like, dude, like, I was not ready. Like, I, w- I want to walk down. Like, I want to call the fucking guys back down. You know? And 
she's like, are you sure, bro? Are you sure? I was like, I was like, you know what? Let me just make it to the top of this next hill and I'll let you know. So I make it to the fucking top of this hill and it's halfway. We're, we're literally at probably like mile two point something. And I'm like, I was like, dude, I'm fucking broken. Like I'm fucking broken. I was like, not a lot of people have seen me broken. Like Rachel and maybe my brother. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Not just in this race, but what am I doing with my fucking life? So, yeah, I'm sitting there at the top of the hill and I'm like, uh, just unfit, unmotivated, uninspired with everything. And I was sitting there, I was like, fuck, man, like. There's only one way to fucking finish this, and it's to fucking just, you just, you just Grind gotta it. go. You just gotta go. And I sat there for probably like 20 minutes. And I didn't, I didn't cry, but I fucking wanted to cry. And I was like, fuck me, dude. Like, and she seen, she was like, bro, we don't gotta do this. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, we're, we're fucking doing it. Whether if I skip the obstacles, like, cool, you right. know, but I'm, I, but I gotta I'm gonna make get it. to the finish I line. Make it. And then along the way, I was like, you know, this has to be like rank, maybe like toughest fucking Spartan race ever, you know? And I'm talking to this dude. I'm like, hey, bro, like, this shit's hard, right? And I'm like, like, <laughs> I'm for confirmation. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, it's hard. He's like, yeah, bro, this is the fucking second hardest race in, um, in the country. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, well, and then I look at Rachel and I'm like, did you hear that? She's like. She's like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. And I was like, okay. So right away, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I put, I'm, I'm in a fucking pickle, dude. Like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out, you know. And the amount of thoughts, the amount of just shit that was going through my head in that whole race, I told myself, I was like, look, if if you can get through this fucking race, then you can get through anything, you know. And it wasn't the fact that it was, it wasn't, it wasn't hard, but I think everything that was put on me at that time, mm -hmm. I was, I was so heavy, you yeah. know, and whether it was just the whole workload at work, um, everything at home, just trying to help Devin do her business and, you know, pretty much focusing everything on like everyone else yeah except me right and i'm like fuck dude like i haven't done anything for me since i was 15 16 years old and i'm like god damn i was like you know what i'm not fucking happy I'm not happy at work like i'm not happy with anything that i've done in my life and because i've never fallen through um fuck, dude. yeah you're hitting me in the feels so I was sitting there, I'm like, fuck, dude, like, I gotta fucking grind this shit out. Like, I was like, if I can grind this shit out, I was like, you've always wanted to open up your own detailing business. And I've never really told anyone because I didn't want people to look at me a certain way. Because 
it's just, I mean, people are just going to talk down on you. They're going to talk down on you. They're going to tell you, don't fucking do it. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I always put it on the back burner. And I was like, you know what? If you fucking finish this fucking race, then come Monday, which is tomorrow, then you fucking start. So uh, what I did was <laughs> I was like, dude, like, all right. Fucking do it. Do whatever you got to do. So I started cramping. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm cramping. Like, I can't stop cramping. Like, my legs could not go. And then this girl's like, hey, here's some salt. Here's some water. So mm. so I started doing it all. And then I was literally grabbing onto branches. I was grabbing onto fucking anything that would help me just get through that race, you know? And I was like, fuck, dude. Like, So we were at, like, mile, like, five. Or, yeah, something like that. We're almost done. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, we're almost there. We're almost fucking there. And then we finally get to the bottom of the hill, and Devin's there. I'm like, fuck, dude. And she's like, what fucking took you so long? What took you that Because how many hours is this? Like, three? Uh, we till the From the start to the very end, I think it took us about four hours. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, fuck, like. You don't know what the fuck yeah. I just been through. Like, dude, I've been through an existential <laughs> crisis yeah. right now. Like, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, what's wrong, babe? What's wrong? I was like, just. Give me a sec. Just give me a sec. Like, I know you're here. I just want some water. Just give me some fucking uh, crackers, whatever. Like, I just need to fucking finish this. Yeah. Like, I just want to go home, you know? And she's like, she talks to her. She's like, is he okay? She's like, dude, like, he's broken. Like, he's fucking broken, dude. Like, this race fucking got him. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, it's the end. And then it's like, we have like two more obstacles to do. And I'm like, please, just like, just get this fucking over with, you know? And sure as hell, four hours later, we fucking finish. And yeah, I told myself, look, if I can fucking finish this race, then I'm going to open up my own fucking detailing business. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking do it. And I was quiet. I was quiet the whole ride home. She Devin probably thought like, oh, this fool fucking just tired, you know? And I just went off when I went home. I was like, babe, like I I fucking found myself. Like I hadn't done anything that hard in so long that it made me realize like what the fuck are you doing? You know, what the fuck are you living for? And it just it opened up your eyes, you know, and, and, and I was like, dude, like why did it take me going through all that suffering to to realize that, you know? And then you tell yourself, you're like, well, you kind of have to go through that, you know? And for some people, it's different. For some people, it's like, dude, like, it's other little things that build up, mm-hmm. you know? And then for me, it's like, dude, I just got my fucking ass kicked, yeah. you know? And that's all it was. I'm not shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? I fucking went through the exact same thing. And that's why I'm like, really, that's why I said, you're really fit, hitting me in my fucking feels because I did a half marathon. I did a few. Um, before I met Renee, fucking, and I felt, I did one race where I really prepared and I fucking felt great yeah. going through the race. But the last mile fucking hit me, you yeah. know, like fucking 12th mile, 13th mile. I was like, fuck, dude, I'm fucking... I'm gassed. And I really like when I crossed the finish line, I had that feeling of like elation, like, but 
my my boyfriend at the time wasn't there so but i felt this feeling like you're mm-hmm. th- saying where i'm like fuck i conquered this shit that i never thought i would conquer right then i had a race like you're saying uh-huh. i didn't fucking prepare i thought like i'm not gonna you know whatever i've done this before yeah i called my dad during the race mm-hmm. and i said you need to pick me up i don't know where the f- i i don't want to get on this wagon and fucking my ego was like no don't get on the fucking sag wagon that's what, what kind of race was it it's a half marathon 13.1 okay. miles okay just straight running Damn. and um that was my first tattoo i got uh-huh. a 13.1 okay. tattooed on my fucking ankle nice. like it was a huge deal to me no one really understood me at the time but I did that second race mm-hmm. and I wasn't prepared like that. I called my dad um, and I was like, I can't get on this fucking, I, I can't get on the sag wagon. I can't be the fucking loser that gets on the wagon and doesn't mm-hmm. finish, but I'm fucking broken. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking feel right. My fucking, I wore new socks. So my feet were fucking blistered, shit like that. I fucking felt like shit, you know, same feeling, right? Yeah. Where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You, but you're... I stuffed that feeling down. So I think it's really fucking cool that you took that feeling and you translated it to your life and you did it because I just put that feeling away, mm-hmm. which is just really, you know, what I always used to do. Yeah. And it wasn't until years later that I really appreciated that. But it's like sometimes you have to go through, like you said, mm-hmm. like a fucking breaking fucking time where you're like, fuck, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And that's a fucking exercise. So fucking powerful. <laughs> And and challenging exercise is really powerful. Yeah. And it was um it was kind of one of those things where you're like, you know, you you have pictures in your head of everything you've done in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, one, I haven't made myself happy, you know, in a in a long time. And you're like, I've been making other people happy, you know? Yeah. So and that that starts that for me that started fuck back in I since say, i was a teenager happy say that again who else were you making happy um well from the beginning my parents um just pretty much trying to please people around me you know um anyone with sports coaches mm-hmm. um which I, I always loved playing you know but i always had you know i always had this this dream i always had this vision of myself uh, just an imagination of me working on cars. And I was like, and I never told anyone because they, I'm like, in my hand, I'm like, they, they're going to think it's so stupid. You know, they're going to think, oh, all you need is wash cars. I'm like, no, like I want to, I want to detail, you know? And, and it was, it was a trip because like, I never, the only people I really told were probably my parents and Devin and my brother and i would i would throw the idea around to other people but then again you know you you get your your people who are going to be negative you know like oh no bro don't do that you know you know you you can't do that so and i just stopped telling people and i was like fuck man like so it was in my mind it was in my mind for literally for over 10 years and i told myself you know what you hate your fucking job i was like you're you motivated you know everyone else around you to do what they wanted to do Mm -hmm. um you pushed them i was like now it's your fucking turn so i would you know i kind of told myself you know what i'm gonna this is me time it's it's my fucking time 
So, and that's kind of the mentality I've been having ever since I started. And I'm like, you know what? Literally, no one else matters. Just me and Devin. And I was like, it's your time to fucking shine. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So. That's fucking dope, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, we had fucking somebody the first time ever somebody ever fucking got teary-eyed. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a trip because I, I remember that feeling, you know, and. I was I always grew up being competitive, you know, being active. And I think the feeling of knowing you ain't shit mm-hmm. at that point in time. Yeah. It it literally wakes you up. Yeah. And you're like, dude, like, I'm fucking here. Like, I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. So go and make something of yourself. Fuck you yeah. know? So it's uh yeah, that was a that was a trip and, and I didn't tell Devin probably until the next day. And I was like, you know what, babe? Like, I had a fucking moment up there. Like, I I know it sounds stupid, but she was she was totally understanding. She was like, no, like, I was waiting for you to do something. Like, I was waiting for you to quit your job because you always said you hated your job. So she's like, I was waiting for something to happen to you to make the next move. So that's even doper that yeah. she was like. Really just, like, giving you the, your time to process and mm-hmm. do that. And that's really, like, a huge piece to her, too, is that she could she could do that. Yeah. Because how many people would get frustrated and be like, oh, my God, you're not shit. You're always complaining about your fucking job. Right. Like you right. Know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And it's like, she just gave you that time. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, and it was, uh, I, I felt so much amount of, of love from her, you know, and it was... And it was a, a a different level because, yeah, you say, you know, I love you, you know, you know, to your spouse and stuff. They say, oh, I love you back. But no, the amount of love I got from that was just, it, it was abnormal, you know, it was yeah. a lot. And I was just like, dude, like, I didn't, I didn't think you were going to react like that, you know, but I think with her opening up her business, then it kind of allowed herself to be like, all right, now. Fuck yeah. It's your fucking turn. Like, yeah. you fucking do it. Yeah. So. Switching back and forth. Like right. Talking about. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's tight. Yeah. That's like, oof. All the fucking feels with that. Because it's like playing back and forth with your significant other with like roles. Mm-hmm. So cool. That's like the biggest thing that I like really value is like, okay, I could be here for you for this. Mm-hmm. And you can be here for me for that. And like when you need support, I got you. And yeah. it's really like it's really like the best relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you think about like your parent, your other significant relationships mm-hmm. in your life, like your parents, your sister, your brothers, you know, high school friends or whatever. And you're like that. No other relationship comes close to that in that level. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was, uh, I think once you see that in your spouse and you're like, shit, she's you know that that's my ride or die you yeah. know and yeah. i know it's so like cliche but you know people say it all the time but it's like no for real like this this person is willing to do whatever it takes you know for to see myself happy and see myself succeed yeah you know um and our relationship has got so much stronger um just from the time that she started her journey to today um it's almost been a complete 180 you know and and it's 
you know, it's so different. You know, we're like, dude, like, we're only fucking fight about dumb shit. Like, and it's like, none of that matters anymore. You know, it's just, we, we have each other's back. Yeah. You know? Well, that's when, when Renee and I really started connecting more with you and Devin. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. when you guys both started your own business. Mm-hmm. And like, um, we've known you guys for forever. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you and Renee connected a little bit more. Devin and I, like, just here and there talking. Yeah. But we really started like actually connecting with you guys mm-hmm. when you guys both started uh, doing your own business. Well, when Devin and then you and it right. was more like, oh, shit, like mm-hmm. fucking really connect with these fools. Like, yeah, they're like it's really uh, just Ray and um, Selena last week. We're talking about how it's hard. They end up staying here, like I said, till like mm-hmm. 1 a.m. We yeah. fucking could not stop talking to them. Mm-hmm. And they were like, dude, it's really hard for us to find other couples that are on our same mental level yeah. of doing the same shit, right. talking about the same stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, when you find that in friends, it's like powerful, it's cold, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a trip. What, what you have to go through, you know, also just to, to find yourself mm-hmm. again, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one thing, you know, I always tell people, anyone who's starting up their own business, I'm like, just, just fucking do it, you know, do it, don't look back. Yeah. And don't look back, because the moment you start looking back, and you're like, fuck, like, ah, like, maybe I should go back to my job, maybe I should do this, like, no, dude, like, just, just stay on the road. Push forward. Like, the road ain't gonna be easy, but it, you know, it's, it's just stay on the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just keep fucking yeah. going. Keep yeah. pedaling. Yeah. Okay, so I usually end it out with like a rapid fire. Okay. So I didn't, I've only been doing this for like three weeks, so I don't have them okay. written down. I do have them written down, but they're somewhere on my desk. So I'm just going to roll them off as mm-hmm. from what I remember. So um, what's your favorite food? I don't really have one. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, it. it it's... Okay, so you're going out to eat. Where do you choose to go? Oh, shit. Fuck. Um, and what do you order? Oh. Devin's like, you pick the restaurant. Chili's. Chili's? Chili's. Stop. <laughs> I'm totally judging I swear. You. Yeah. What do you get? A burger? I get a chicken sandwich. <laughs> That's your favorite meal. That's my favorite meal. You want to know why? Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up, you know, not having much, you know, and what did we eat a lot? A lot of sandwiches, you know. And what did they give you at school? Fucking sandwiches. So now you're going to bring it back. Made me feel bad for you. <laughs> no. So <laughs> in a way, I'm like, and, and Devin asked me the same thing. She's like, why do you eat so many, so many fucking chicken sandwiches? I was like, you know what? A fucking chicken sandwich has never let me down. <laughs> <laughs> it always hits the spot, no matter what kind True. of sandwich it is, you know? And, and she's like, you're so fucking weird. I'm a like, fried chicken sandwich or a grilled? Uh, fried. Fried. Yeah, fried. Okay. A ranch. Okay. Yeah. I could get down with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what sign, like what astrological sign do you feel like is most prevalent in your life? So I know you're like, so um, Isaac is a Leo. Mm-hmm. So what sign do you feel like is most around you? Um, what is most around me are probably Virgos. Virgos? Yeah. Um, that's Devin. That's Devin. And a lot of the people we hang out with. Um, but I mostly connect with anyone that's 
I think like a fire a sign. A fire sign. Yeah, anyone who's pretty much up. I think it happens for a reason, you know, because I'm a Leo, so I I talk a lot. You know, I get along with anyone. So when I'm around them, I'm the fucking center of attention. You know, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm doing me. Major you know? Leo energy. And they fucking don't care. They're like, yeah, fucking do what do what you do. You know, we'll just we'll sit here and listen. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to a bar, what are you ordering? What's your drink? Um, probably Jack and Coke. Okay. Jack and Coke. Yeah, it does the job. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to a movie, what food do you order? I mean, what um food do you order? What candy do you bring to the movie? Uh, I usually bring Reese's. Reese's? Yeah, Reese's. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people. So do you put your candy in your popcorn? Like, would you put Reese's on Reese's pieces on top of the popcorn? Uh, no. 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 No I'll, salty I've never sweet. done that, and I don't think I ever will. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've never like tried popcorn? it. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I swear. People don't. I love chocolate on yeah. top of popcorn. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. A lot of people. People are the either yes, they love it, or they've never heard of it. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Everybody says. I could so. see like people throwing like M and M's in it, maybe. Yeah. Or, like Reese's Pieces. I mean, Milk Duds. Really. Do you huh. like salty sweet things? You like like chocolate? I do. Pretzels. Yeah. Oh, dude, you should do it. Okay. What was your AOL screen name? When you had AIM. Oh. I've never asked anybody this, but somebody asked me on their podcast and it was really fucking funny. It was, I think soccer is life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time I was playing soccer and football. So that was, that was life. Soccer is yeah. life. Dude, soccer good. is life. That's fucking good. Yeah. Do you remember MySpace? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Did you have a, what was your song on MySpace? Oh shit. I had, uh, I mean, I think I had In the Club by 50 Cent. <laughs> I fucking love that song. And I still love that song. Dude, that uh, CD bumps so fucking yeah. hard. You still play that CD and he fucking goes so hard on yeah. every single song. Fuck. Like, Did you have top eight, top four? Yeah. No, for a while I had top eight. Okay. Then I would have top four. Yeah. It always changed, huh? Yeah, it would always change. And then some people would like hack their account and remember to put like <laughs> oh, yeah. no top eight or they would put like top one and they would have just like Tom as their top yeah. one. <laughs> I had a friend who, um, who would change it like every day, you know, and then other friends would get mad. They're like, dude, yeah. like, why, why am I your, why are they making us rank yeah. our fucking friends? <laughs> that like, was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, that's oh, fucked up. Mm-mm. Yeah. You just drag them. <laughs> yeah. You're like, nope, you're in the fourth position. Yeah. No, not the first. Fuck. Like yeah. you pissed me off. <laughs> okay um thank you so much you're for coming on you're welcome seriously so i'm gonna put everything for isaac down below if you guys are in high desert you guys are in the area you guys can hit him up for detailing obviously but just in general follow him on instagram he'll be down below thank you so much for coming our first fucking male guest you're welcome thank you like, thank you for having us it's yeah. uh it's an honor i'm a i'm a low-key super fan you know <laughs> <laughs> drank out of the confident as yep. fuck cup he has his blinged out mic yes fucking love it hell yeah all right so i will see you guys next week thank you guys so much for listening don't forget to rate and review down below if you can that really helps me out and until next week don't forget to let your confidence shine